Yes, I can think about another one. Uh, I was out with my friend Peggy, uh, my evangelist friend, and we were at on campus, and uh, I was busy, and and this gal approached her that was very distraught. I mean, it was very obvious, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, in her whole demeanor and her face and everything, and um, and so my friend Peggy, uh, you know, I think she went for the divine mercy image to get God's mercy and grace and. And pretty soon she realized that we need to do prayer. And so then she called me over. My, I became free. And she called me over. And we, we prayed for her. Now, we don't know what her problem was because she didn't directly tell us. But while we were praying, uh, the Spirit just fell on her. And she, one thing she said frequently, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And so she was sorry for something. And... Uh, and um, and she was uh, resting in the spirit right in front of us. Welcome to the Stories from the Street. I'm Brian. And I'm Beth. And today we are interviewing Clarence Burkholder, and we are going to talk with him about how it is to start a team on the college campus. But today we're interviewing Clarence about getting team started on college campuses. And I think both of us actually have a lot of experience of doing this. Yes, I love, I love working with the uh, young adults on the college campus because they're at such a beautiful point in their, in their faith development. You know, they're stepping away from their parents. It's they're claiming it for themselves. And there's the first time for a lot of them that they've been away from things. And now it's their choice to go to mass. It's their choice to continue or not to continue. It's just a unique time in their life, I think. It's very unique. The biggest part that I love about it is the community that's already formed and the availability that college students have, even though they claim to be busy. Yeah. <laughs> I was in college. I worked at our volunteer center, and I went to my boss. He wanted to do some sort of video project, and I told him, like, listen, I'm, like, I'm really busy. And he was like, Brian, this is the time in your life where you're going to be the least busiest ever. <laughs> Once you step away from this college campus and you start having a family and a job, you're going to have so much more on your plate than you do now. It's just hard for me to hear that, like, you're too busy. And I remember <laughs> at the time, like, no, I'm super busy. And now, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> well, we used to schedule faith studies at, um, at Wayne State where I was there. And we would be scheduling so many all day long, every, you know, little like 45 minute increments of these faith studies and the students would come in in between their classes. It was wonderful to see, you know, it's like, well, I got chemistry at this time, but I got, I got, I got an hour and a half here before my, you know, English class starts. I can do one then. And they were great. They came in and they, they did their faith studies and shared their, uh, their, and grew in their faith together. And I think when you talk about the community, that is a really fun part of it because everyone's kind of in the same spot and they're, and they're, you know, and they're growing together. And, and there's a lot of influence, a lot of peer influence when you're, when you're at that age too. It's, it's true. There's a lot of peer influence and it can actually be used for good. If we have the right community center, you know, great, great priests, great place for people to come to to receive, know more about how to live out their faith in their life. And I, there's just so much there. So there is, there is time, there is community, there's people on their own age that are asking the same questions. As you mentioned, they're on their own for the first time. They're able to make these decisions it seems like a perfect place to introduce somebody and to give them the opportunity to make God first in their lives, or at least to start discerning what it looks like uh, to love God with their whole. Yeah. And sometimes it's after they've been there a couple of years and maybe they've fallen away, you know, they, they had their newfound independence and they fell away and maybe they're, they're struggling with um, different things, you know, getting some of them been hurt by different things. Some of them have other struggles and it's like, they need, they need to come back. We had one guy who would always talk about, when he gave his testimony, he goes, well, my two friends were Jack and Jim, you know, Jack Daniels and Jim Bean. <laughs> <laughs> and, but he was a wonderful young man. And, you know, he, he, he had a little trouble with, it, with that newfound freedom. And he came back and he just found so much joy and so much more of who he really was by coming to the Newman Center. So I just think that um, it's a great, time to reach out and propose 
Jesus Christ. Absolutely. It definitely is. And I know we did the podcast. It was actually our second one that we ever did. It was on evangelization missions with Deacon Patrick May. And we talked about seminarians or even encouraging groups to go to a college campus for a short period of time to do a mission, invite the students who who were there to get get them plugged in to what was ever available to them at the Newman Center. And we talked about great stories that came from that. But I think what we're talking about here is a little more different about uh, the reason we're bringing Clarence on today is about the the goodness of setting up a permanent team on a college campus and even the practical steps on how to go about doing that. For all the reasons we mentioned, the college campus is a great place to set up an evangelization team. And one of the things as a director of teams, I take in all the calls for the people around the country and around the world who feel called to start a team. They're saying the Holy Spirit is convicting me um, to do this work, but I don't know where. And uh, this is actually a great opportunity for people to pray about would you be called to start a team on a local college campus because it is such a great place. Our future leaders are there. It's a, for all the reasons we mentioned before, there's the community, the time, the support uh, for someone to be able to come to know, know God and you can point them in a direction where they can actually receive more formation and community. Um, Plus it's fun. It's fun (laughs) to work with young people. They are a riot. They're goofy. They got energy. I love it. I love it. (laughs) They they knock 20 years off my life when I go work. (laughs) It is. It's fun. So let's bring Clarence on and hear how he has come up with a little bit of a formula on how to get into um, public universities near his his house. So let's see. Let's hear it. Clarence, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad to be with you. As you said, my name's Clarence Burkholder, and I, uh, I've been going to a number of college, and I've been a uh, St. Paul Street evangelist for a little over three years. And uh, I guess to go back to the story about how you got involved with St. Paul Street evangelization, before that even began, you heard about us, you found us online. Yes. And, and then you decided that this is exactly what you're about to do anyway. So you decided to form a team. Yes. And did you know immediately that you felt called to do this on the college campus? I, um, I guess I didn't have the idea right away because it takes time for ideas to happen. Right. Yeah. How did that come about? Yeah. So uh, I, I, I don't know how it came about that I started going to the colleges but I was quite active in other, you know, festivals and Marta Station and other places, you know, evangelizing. And uh, well, the one we go to is uh, downtown and uh, there's very needy, uh, poor people. And, uh, and it seems like every event we go to has a different uh, culture. It's like going around the world and experience different, different cultures. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. But God, God is there for each one of them. You, yes. pre- you present yes. Jesus Christ to them, whether it's the poor folks at the Marta yes. Station or yes. the busy people at some other place or Catholics yes. at a festival or students. It's still, it's still Jesus Christ. Yes, it is. And, we, uh, we, and it's so interesting how we serve so many different types of people. And then I uh, generate some handouts to meet certain needs with different groups of people. And then we have them available. If the subject comes up, I have the resource uh, that I had prepared based on experiencing the need, you know, so. uh, uh, That's great. It's wonderful. And so, um, so as I was getting involved, uh, I discovered St. Paul Street Evangelization, and then I discovered they had locations, and I looked up our location here in Atlanta, Georgia, and then I found uh, a regional missionary in our area, David Adir, and I would call him uh, periodically and as I was trying to figure out how how to how to do this you know what's legal and how can we uh, how can I pull it off and so I got confidence and then went ahead and, oh that's uh, great so, yeah yeah isn't it good to be able to turn it turn to somebody else that's doing it close by and have them kind of walk you through it yes it was very helpful because one of my concerns was you know what's legal you know how's the uh, authorities and stuff going to how are they going to respond to us and where can we go and and what is okay you know in, in the eyes of the law and so i learned that from him yeah right and now clarence you've also been a mentor for other people who want to 
you what it looks like to do St. Paul Street Evangelization as well. Yes, I have. I uh, just recently, I, I've been a mentor to quite a few, but recently there's a group from Knoxville, uh, Tennessee, that uh, they're three and a half hours away. And they, we were talking on the phone and they came up, I think, uh, four times. And two times uh, he brought uh, a different deacon along each time. And they're starting uh, now. They've been, uh, they've been evangelizing at the uh, flea market and, and that was their start. And now they're starting to go into colleges and looking at other events. So they're, they're starting to grow rapidly. And I help them by giving them lots of advice and then having experience uh, coming out with us. And I showed them uh, the setup of the table and, and how we work with people and uh, encourage them to uh, be active in the ministry when they were present with me. So yeah. That's so great. I mean, Knoxville, yeah. Tennessee is not a short drive to Atlanta, Georgia. It's not. Yeah, it no, was a big so sacrifice. Yeah. Their commitment and how, how much they were willing to, to see what was going on with this apostolate. And we actually got the email from him this morning. He said, I spent time with Clarence, and this is legit. And <laughs> <laughs> that was the official words of the deacon. Yes, yes, they're wonderful. Paul Street evangelization is legit. Is that what he Maybe, was saying? Was it, was it Clarence is legit? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, his operation is. Well, I'm excited to hear um, what you've learned about getting into universities, because I know there's a lot of skepticism, like, oh, I can't go there because it's a public university and I'm not uh, not a student, or um, where would I stand, or how would I even get in there? Can we just show up? And you've gone through some of this through trial and error, and I think yes. you're in, um, how many different universities do you go in and evangelize? Right now, I'm in at least 10. And, uh, and, and I've only been active for three years and doing colleges for maybe two years, uh, something like that. And yeah. each, uh, and periodically we add a new college and it makes me feel like I'm St. Paul breaking into a new area. And <laughs> it's, so, it's so wonderful uh, to yeah. touch so many yeah. souls. So yes, I could share uh, the process of how uh, one can uh, approach and, uh, and enter into a college. That would be great, Clarence. I mean, even what just came to my mind, going back to college, which was many years ago, was normally when people think of starting street evangelization on college campuses, my own experience with evangelists are people who are just tell, yelling and telling the students that they're going to hell. That's yes. extremely yeah. common on the college campus. And I just remember going and getting very frustrated uh, with like that they were actually representing, you know, Christianity. And like, a, as a, a, even as a practicing Catholic at the time, I remember being very upset by their presence. And to have someone like you who travels around the do different college campuses uh, to have these non-confrontational um, and loving encounters with the students there is, yes. uh, is I'm just very grateful. And I really hope yeah. you sharing these steps will help more people uh, yes. do the same. Yes, it's, uh, it's really wonderful, uh, just a wonderful experience. And I'm not a college-age person. I'm slightly older than that. And, uh, and, uh, but they love, they love our ministry. They love listening to us. And a lot of times, a lot of them never heard, anything, heard these things that we share with them, about, uh, particularly about our church and our faith. You know, um, And they're very interested. And it's interesting how I... I observe them just listening. I mean, they're just taking it in. And, and I have to believe that through God's grace, their lives are being changed. And they're moving one notch closer to Christ's true church. So, Yeah. Wow. You were telling me a story about a, a young girl who was um, perhaps not the most modestly dressed young woman at a college. Yeah. And as you were talking to her, you said you were talking and praying and yeah. she kind of adjusted her clothing and yes. um, made herself a lot more modest. You just like yes. right before your very eyes, she was being convicted yes. through prayer to, yeah. um, and responded in just yes. such a simple way, but it was very visible that, that yeah. the Lord convicted her and has, was drawing her closer to him. Yes, she was convicted. I spent quite a bit of time speaking with her about faith in the church, and she was very receptive and very like hungry. And then, and I mentioned to her because she mentioned about some pain she had, and I thought, well, I need to pray for her. And then, and then I, I thought, well, it's, I better pray before she decides she has to go. And so we prayed, and God's presence was there, 
And then uh, after she, uh, after the prayer was over, is when this, uh, what Beth, would you share, occurred, where uh, she wasn't so modest and became modest right in front of me. And it was just wonderful how, uh, how, how when we pray, you know, we spend a lot of time talking, but if we pray, God's grace can, can take that message and touch their heart and, and do something to them that makes a permanent change in them uh, towards, towards Christ which is just wonderful. So, I think that's a beautiful yeah. story. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. So Clarence, if other people are interested in getting started on the college campus, where do they begin? All right. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, this, this might be something helpful to uh, all teams and how to approach entering a college. I'll just share some of my experiences. And uh, I guess the first thing you would do is you'd think about uh, what colleges could you go to? Well, certainly a state college where there's, tax dollars, because that gives you a right to freedom of expression. So it's normal, meaning, meaning you don't have to break in. They are ready or, or set to say yes to you. Now, they might give some requirements like time or days or something, uh, time of day or something. And even some give a, a time of like an hour and a half. We normally stay three and a half, four hours, and they never said anything about the time, but it's on their website. And, um, and maybe on the form when I get approval, but we always stay, uh, uh, you know, about four about four hours. And um, and when you many, say hey, who who exactly are you contacting? So you find a public school, yeah. you go to their website, and who are you contacting for that information? Well, so we go to the website to the school, and one thing you're looking for is to who to contact. And uh, if you research uh, on the website, freedom of expression, and 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 you will be considered a visitor. You know, a non-visitor would be like a student doing club or something, doing freedom of expression. So you're a visitor, and um, as a visitor, there's freedom of expression rules. So Clarence, do you ever just go to see if there's already a Catholic presence at that university, a Newman Center, or the local parish? Have you done that also, or do you go strictly um, straight to the um, website and look for it to, to be a visitor on campus? I probably normally go uh, straight to the website. But we also look for the Catholic presence always, and uh, and you and usually almost always communicate with them. Or if we don't at the beginning, we do then later. It, you know, depending how remote they are, you know. So, okay. uh, but we always connect with the Catholic presence, rather depending on the time period. It varies, you know. Right. So, right. You know, okay. So. So, but if there isn't a Newman Center, you can still go. You don't have to, there doesn't oh, yeah. have to be a Newman Center there for you to do it. You are, you go on as a visitor under this freedom of expression. All right. So you go right. on yeah. the website, you figure out who to contact based on those searches. And then what do you do? We uh, find a contact on the website and usually it's uh, the student center. Now, when you're researching the visitor expression, you might find a contact, but a lot of times I don't. So I uh, look at the student center and then I might pull their pictures up with a little, their titles, and I take a guess at who it might be, and then I'll send them. Uh, I'll send them a letter. The letter will uh, in, include something like this to kind of soften it. That we just set up a small two by four foot table, and there'll be no public speaking, no amplified sound, and uh, about two or f- four of us uh, will come and talk one to one with the students. We have a non confrontational approach. And we're uh, always well-received. Clarence, could you send us a copy of that letter and we could put it on our website so that way anyone who would like to send this to the universities in their area would be able to have something to base it off of? Sure, I could. I could do that. Yeah, I love the that. details. To, to, yeah. Right from the start to kind of like, because as soon as someone hears evangelization, they're thinking megaphones. Yes, yes, right? yeah. No amplified sound, yeah. sound. Yeah. having one-on-one conversations. Yeah. Just put them right at ease at the beginning. I do. That's awesome. Yeah, that's my goal. And I'll also say uh, we'll share our Catholic faith and give out rosaries and teach how to pray it and share some literature, you know. And um, and then, uh, of course, uh, you know, I uh, tell them what we want to do. Um, and then I'll get a letter back from them uh, usually later and uh, approving. Or, or I'll tell them at the beginning of the letter if I'm not sure they're the right contact. I'll say that. I'm not sure I have the right contact. And, and then the right contact will contact me. And then I record that, and that's who I work with. And so 
then if I haven't, then I make my request for the dates and what I, what I want to do. So I'll, go, I'll also online, I'll Google the campus map to see where their setup locations are. Of course, when they approve me, they normally give the setup locations, and then I'll use the campus map to find out where that is. And then I'll also use the website to determine the parking procedure. Because at all these, I, I go to 10 campuses, so it varies at each campus. Uh, some campus, it's just free, and, or maybe you have to park in the visitor parking, and then it's free. Uh, some of them, I have to get a, a pass for my car. You know, a lot of times we have to park at a certain spot. And, sometimes, and a lot of times we pay for parking as well, you know, just enter the regular parking. That end the long day of evangelization. Uh, you have a ticket. You go look for yeah. Your, now I got yes. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, 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 one of our, uh, I, I did get a ticket because I thought I was parking at a legal spot. And then uh, the two of us got a ticket. And oh, then, no. well, we went to the, uh, uh, I don't know what to call it, but uh, uh, an office on the campus to uh, dispute it. We filled out a form and then they, uh, we didn't have to pay it. They, oh, that's good. Yeah, we got it, got it canceled. That's great. And it happened one other time with one of my evangelists and they just went in and they, they took care of it. It was like, kind of like a mistake, you know, so. so okay, uh, so you, you yeah. find out who the contact person is, you reach out with a letter explaining what's going on, you wait for them to come back and they assign you a spot, you yeah. figure out the parking. All yes. right, now what? Yes. In your well, letter, are you saying, I would like to be there one day a week at this time, or they come back to you at that point and say the time that you're able to be there? Well, I checked the website, and the website probably gave a time. And uh, if it didn't, I just tell them what time. And it's usually, the, by the way, it's usually the, the same time. We start normally around 10 to 2 or 10.30 to 2.30. That's the time we normally work. However, we might try this one campus, try some evening times because of the nature of the campus. But that's, that's normally the time we work. It's during the week, during the middle of the day, and it, it allows us travel time to get there and work and travel time home and still get home to our family. So, uh, so when, we are, when I arrive at the college for the first time, I will, I will uh, most, likely, uh, most likely, maybe I'll first look for the spot where we're allowed to set up at then I'll most likely go and meet the uh, person who's approving us, who's working with us. And so I can make a face-to-face because -face. I'm trying to think of being political, you know, having a relationship where we can be friendly and, uh, and not have, have conflict, you know. So, uh, and always uh, this approval letter that we get that I make the request, and Brian, to ask you a question, I make requests for a specific day, a specific time, and then they respond, uh, mostly, most approve it. Occasionally, some don't approve it, but it's almost always approved. And then um, that has to be carried with, with you uh, on the campus. Because if the campus police or somebody uh, ask about it, then you just show them how you have permission. And that happens. It happens to me also in, at non-college, where you um, may have to deal with authorities. But particularly in the college, you have permission. So you always carry that. And it's, it's surprising how you may never be approached and all of a sudden somebody approaches you, you know, a, a police or some campus person. And, uh, but you have your piece of paper, so it's fine, you know. Well, that's and, good. Yeah. So, so you set up your, ta you have a table and you put all your normal stuff that we have, rosaries, pamphlets, yes. medals, holy cards. Yes. And do you have uh, any other local things like, the Newman Center schedule or uh, oh, yes. things like that? Yes, I uh, failed to mention that. But for every campus we go to, uh, I, I've, I researched what the Catholic presence is. They might have a Newman Center on campus or not have that and have a church nearby. Uh, anyway, I always connect with them and I inform them. I invite them to join us. And also, I always make a sh – we may stop and pick up bulletins that we have on our table, you know, from the nearby Catholic presence. Uh, or, and I usually um, always have a handout I make by researching the web and the, maybe their bulletin and of the mass times and the uh, activities that go on that would relate to the students of their interests. And cause, so we push the Catholic presence to, all, to the Catholics and to the non-Catholics. 
And we encourage That's so important. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because you're, you're a bridge. You're trying to connect yes. them. Yes. It's not just your conversation. You want them to yeah. then go and connect up with whatever the Catholic presence is. Yes. That's, that, that's, having those information sheets are so important. Yes, Beth. And you know something else is uh, like we'll encourage the Protestants to go. And something I started doing recently is if you, you realize our Catholic Church doors are open all week long. The Protestants, yeah. the Protestants are locked. So I tell the Protestant who doesn't know our doors are open all week long that they can come in any time during the day and have their little retreat. And, uh, and I, then I tell them about Christ's presence being in our church. You know how Christ is present in the tabernacle by the candle and mm-hmm. how ca- Catholics come in during the week to pray. And I said, you're welcome to come in too. And then, uh, and then I may step into maybe them visiting a mass and, and, and how to how they can do that and how to handle themselves and so yeah. on. Yeah, you know? we would do things yeah. like that yeah. on the campus. Yeah. I would do yeah. the like St. Aquinas study prayer with them and say, you know, you want to you want to prepare for your test. There's no better place to go up and, you know, just say, just go up and talk to the Lord a little bit before. And they were like, oh, you mean right here in this building, right upstairs? Like, yep, the chapel's right there. And they yes. don't know that it's there. So just yes. giving them that information. I think, Brian, you were doing that last weekend when we were evangelizing. You had the, yeah. the info sheet for the local parish. I was always trying to connect anyone from the town to that parish. And I said, I always mentioned Donut Sunday. <laughs> yes. Sunday was every Sunday. And so, Donut Sunday. Oh, yes. well, yeah. So when you show up, you, you be sure to get some donuts. <laughs> Just an easy way. And it's like, do I want to go to Mass? Maybe. Do I want donuts? Yes. So, yes. <laughs> All so right. I, so you're I, connecting I, them up. You're talking yes. with them, connecting them. What else? Yeah. Although we're, we're getting the health food craze. So maybe churches need to start doing kale Sundays. Oh, yeah. Sundays. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to be healthy. You want to be meals. Almond butter. Let's listen to Clarence. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Brian. Enough uh, about you. <laughs> I would Brian, love that. Yeah. Brian, I have a I'm I'm an organized person and everybody that sees my setup is, is may say something or observes it. But my wife and I've been watching Journey Home, you know, which is stories of conversions. And like in, on YouTube, you don't have to be an EWTN, you can just YouTube it. And they've been teaching me a lot. But one thing they taught me is what books cause con- people to convert to Catholicism. And it's like the catechism. It's like fundamentalism versus Catholicism. Yeah. And that's by Carl Keating mm-hmm. and the Church Fathers and Mere Christianity. And... Uh, are some of the uh, key books. Now, I have one extra book on, and I sit them on the table, the key books for conversion. And uh, and I use, I uh, they don't normally mention which church, what they use for church fathers commonly, but I love Jimmy Aiken's book called The Fathers Know Best because he lays it out in subject groupings, and then you can see the church father's statements on certain uh, subjects mm-hmm. like uh, Peter's the Rock or or, uh, you know, mortal sin or abortion or different things like that. And anyway, I, I, when it's timing's right, and I, if I want to introduce them to the church fathers, I use this book. And I go to the table of contents just to show them it has one. And then I flip open and I show them how the church father's been speaking throughout these years. And then I'll sum, I'll sum it up by saying, and they're very Catholic. And they do the things we do today in the Catholic Church and not what's happening in the Protestant Church. And uh, another handout I have that I generate, now St. Paul Street Evangelization has the scripture reference handout, but I've generated one uh, that I specifically generated for us, and we hand it out, and it answers uh, most of the things that they might bring up, you know, in opposition to our faith. Now, another tool I use is uh, that I want to share with St. Paul Street Evangelization because it, I think it's might be good to make a pamphlet, and that's uh, electronic resources. Because, you know, uh, our, uh, our people today, and our, especially the students, it's, it's electronic. You know, they might not go buy a book, you know, or they might get it electronically. So I share things like uh, uh, form.org, the books I just mentioned. I have that list of books. It's on the table. It's in their hand. With uh, They have it in their hand. They could buy it if they like. And also share a bunch of YouTubes with uh, our wonderful Catholic teachers. And I have Journey Home, Steve Ray, uh, Jimmy Aiken, Trent Horn, 
uh, Patrick Madrid, uh, David Adler, uh, Scott Hahn, and, and the Church Fathers. And then, I ha- then another group I have is uh, Catholic uh, apps, you know, like EWTN, Relevant Radio, Ave Maria, and even Laude, Laude you know, that talks about the Mass mm-hmm. and stuff because we're introducing people to the Mass. And then I'll share with them something, a new technique I got is uh, what I'm used doing right now, my wife, me particularly, I have Relevant Radio and I listen to uh, Patrick Madrid. He's a wonderful teacher, teaching me lots of things. And I feel I know a lot already, but he is really teaching me. And so I go to my, my uh, smartphone and I show them how I go into that, into that podcast of, of Patrick Madrid. Even these students that might know how to do it. And I think they're learning something from me. So when they see me, I think they might go do it themselves. And it has it on the sheet. If they do do this, use the YouTubes or the apps. It's an extension of me. I've been speaking Catholic to them. And I've given them hours and hours of extension of me, speaking of uh, Catholic teachers. Those and, are great, great yes. resources. I don't know yes. if you realize it, but yeah. we've got a lot of different MP3s available right on our website. And we actually have a card yes. <clears throat> that says St. Paul Street Evangelization, Great Catholic Audio Talks. And it lists all the different ones and, and it allows you as a street evangelist, you can have this card and give it out and say, oh, these are the ones you're excited about. Well, let me click off the ones like True Worship. Um, the, that's a beautiful mm-hmm. CD we have about that or yes. Salvation yes. or whichever ones you can, yeah. we, we ha- list probably about, I don't know, a dozen or 15 yes. on the yeah. card. So it's the same kind of thing because you're right, especially yeah. the young people, they don't want a book, but they'll listen yeah. to a podcast or, or YouTube or yeah. an MP3. They will. That's, that's they great. Will. So you have yeah. all these good resources. Yes, Beth, well, the, one, the one you just the one you just mentioned, Beth, I have on the uh, on the sheet as well. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, wonderful. And the other thing, um, all of our team leaders have access to and permission from Formed to be able to give out a password for those on the street to be able to access Formed. Yes. So uh, it's not meant for to be used like just a friends at the parish because uh, they would need to have their own individual subscription. The parish would need to subscribe, but form is giving has given us permission to share a password for the work of street evangelization and those on the yes. street. And so we're very grateful for them for allowing us. Yes, to, uh, we are. Cards on our website for our team leaders to pass out those subscriptions yes. as well. And Brian, because of that, I have the steps of actually how to sign up for form.org on, awesome. on this electronic sheet. And uh, but what I like the best is the YouTubes and the apps and stuff, and um, and also what you mentioned, uh, Beth, about the the great audio talks that St. Paul Street has. I have that listed there, and we mm-hmm. do print out print them out. That little card they have, if you print it out on the computer, they have there's more than it's on the card. The mm-hmm. card might have twelve, maybe there's I don't know twenty or something. I don't know. And anyway, we use that as well. Uh, maybe a little less, but I have it there for everybody in that little sheet uh, that they can look it up. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's great, Clarence. So once you get your table, you figure out all the resources. What are, are there any other steps? Do you do any follow up afterwards, or um, are we right at the point where mm-hmm. now you're just talking to the talking to the kids and you can share some of those stories? Yes. Uh, well, about follow up, uh, I do have some cards, business cards that a wonderful business card that a fr- fellow evangelist uh, uh, made up for me on Vistaprint. And uh, so I have that. If I get engaged uh, with a lengthy conversation where we get quite a relationship, a lot of times I'll give them my card. But I'd like to share something is that when I give them my card, they don't contact me. So, so we have to get their contact. If you want to continue a, a relationship, you get their contact. And uh, I would get... Uh, their cell phone, so text can happen, and email would be nice as well, um, but especially texting, because uh, students, you know, they do texting. Yeah. So I would, uh, I would get it from them if you want to f- continue, you know, your relationship, if it went that direction with your, how it went, you know, with the encounter. So, oh, I, I could tell you how we handle ourselves when we're at the table. Sure, that would be great. Yeah, we don't. So I have my table. Well, let, let me say first thing. 
I, I like I mentioned a little bit about the books and stuff, but I have my pamphlets on these uh, plastic holders, you know, like you can buy, but I have them in categories. Like I have sexuality, Catholic sacraments, uh, uh, Mary. I have uh, defending our faith, apologetics, you know, with Protestants. And then I have general things, you know, um, that cover other areas. So it's very friendly for the evangelists that come with me to uh, grab things. Now, when we, uh, when we set up and approach people, we usually approach with the rosaries in the hand, like I think you've seen many pictures in, uh, on the Facebook, holding them by the cross. That keeps you from getting them tangled. And we say, would you like a free rosary? And, you know, a number of times that doesn't work. So the next question we say is, do you go to church? And oh, that, that's a great opening line. That is a great that's opening. a question that everybody can answer, and it's glad to answer. Even if they don't go to church, they might say no. But if they do say yeah, which you get a lot of yeses, and then I, I say, well, do you go every Sunday? This is my technique. And, and if they say no, you know, it sort of convicts them. God touches them and says, I need to go every Sunday. And then, uh, and then I might say, oh, where do you go? You know, and then this gets us sort of connected somewhat, what kind of background they have. And that, yeah. that'll lead into other conversations. Those are great conversation yes. starters. Yes. And as you, um, as you do these questions, you observe their body language. And, so you uh, say as they're walking by, you're, you're just doing an opening thing. If you go to yeah. church, you would like a rosary. Yeah. Stop and yeah. their pause. Then, yeah. you know, you can walk maybe from behind the table or walk a little yeah. closer and have now you're in yeah. conversation. You're not just, yeah. <clears throat> you're not shouting at someone passing by and just keep yes. shouting. Yeah. Right. Stop. Yeah. They've yeah. welcomed you in. Yes. You started that yes. encounter. Yeah. Yeah. And then you walk at a pace that you feel like you're, you have a right to approach them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but keep talking with questions and, and if they are responding, then they're, they're saying we can talk, you know, and uh, yeah. you just see where it goes. So, and then it'll yeah, go in any, any direction. People are accepting a miraculous medal or a rosary right from the beginning. They, they know that they're opening up the door to enter into that kind of conversation. So uh, yeah. that's why I, I think that's also why that question met with a lot of success and it's also almost non-confrontational because it's after they accept the rosary or miraculous medal uh, it's not any question as to where the conversation to go it's almost unsaid but it oh, yeah. it's the door it's not like do you go to church yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> where do you go to church it's like oh you know like this is good yeah. it's miraculous medal you know and you might tell them about it. it's like yeah do you go to church and the context for those questions are key yes yeah and like like we, we start out with, uh, would you like a free rosary? And then uh, they may get the rosary depending how it went, or, they, or the conversation may lead us away from the rosary. And then sometimes the rosary is picked up at the end by them asking uh, after a lengthy conversation. And uh, so, uh, if, of course, if we get into the rosary, we got, uh, we're sharing our faith and sharing Mary, and, and this may lead into many other things, which is, would, is wonderful. So... Uh, that's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. I, Do you have I, a particular I, story, a particular encounter from the young people that you uh, you want to, could be, you remember that was a good one, other than the one I told you about, the, I reminded people about, about the woman that yeah. was not quite so modest. Yes, I can think about another one. Uh, I was out with my friend Peggy, uh, my evangelist friend, and we were at on campus, and uh, I was busy, and and this gal approached her, that was very distraught. I mean, it was very obvious, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, in her whole demeanor and her face and everything, and um, and so my friend Peggy, uh, you know, I think she went for the divine mercy image to get God's mercy and grace, and and pretty soon she realized that we need to do prayer. And so then she called me over. My I became free, and she called me over, and we we prayed for her. Now we don't know what her problem was because she didn't directly tell us. But while we were praying, uh, the spirit just fell on her, and she one thing she said frequently: "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And so she was sorry for something, and uh, and um, and she was uh, resting in the spirit right in front of us, but I wouldn't let, we wouldn't let her go down because we were in a public college campus. 
and we didn't want someone laying on laying on the ground and um because we weren't sure about how that would go mm-hmm. so um so we just we just held on to her and uh, anyway this went on for quite a while and and on went and ended and then um and then two or three weeks later maybe two weeks um i'm talking to a student and i see her approaching me and she looks beautiful and wonderful and peaceful and and wow. totally pretty in a comparison to before when her whole demeanor was just trouble you know and not mm. not peaceful and and she um and but i was busy and she walked right up to me and i said to her well how are you doing and and i and she said wonderful i said well could you share it with my friend student i was talking to so she looked right into my student's eyes looked right in her face and started telling her story of how uh, god delivered her and and he delivered her see i'm saying at least two or three weeks later she comes and is full of peace well she had that peace for two weeks you know that's beautiful that is today. so good yes i'm sorry yes. go ahead well that's uh, that is the uh, the story and uh, it was really wonderful to see so her. You guys, the, she walked straight to you guys. It sounded like she happened. She to did. I, uh, she wanted to come and receive prayer. And then after she did, she, she received a lot of peace. Yes, Brian. I saw her approaching uh, my, my, my fellow evangelist. And she was approaching her like a beam, you know, just beam towards her. Mm-hmm. Like she, she was in need. And she came to the religious people who that she was hoping that we could do something. That says a lot about your presence because of yes, what yeah. I said before, Clarence, is normally people who are out there are not approachable. They don't feel yes. approachable, uh, and they're there to just uh, try to like to warn people, but not in a, in a loving, non-confrontational, approachable way. And it just says a lot about the way you guys are set up and carry yourself. Yes. If someone was in need and desired... Uh, to know more about God's presence and how they can have that in their lives. The fact that they yes. show you guys says a lot. Yeah, it does. I bet yeah. there's a lot of students that are struggling with different things, you know? There's a yes. lot of spiritual warfare. There's a lot of... Uh, yes. They're put in situations that are difficult for them. And how yeah. beautiful to be there like a beacon of light available. Yes. Yeah. Now, when I go on campus, I've got this like... Brian will tell you, I got this mom thing going. Oh. <laughs> like everyone thinks, I act like I'm everyone's mom. Oh. But, you know, college students, sometimes that's what they want. They yeah. want a mom. And they're going to yeah. come to me and bring me different parts of what's going on in their life than if they went to Brian or yeah. to somebody else. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. that always puts the right people in front and, yeah. of me. And, you know, they, they, they love the fact that you can just pray with them and listen to them. Yeah not judging them, just yeah. helping them, yeah. bringing God into the situation, like you said, yeah. and bringing the peace and the love of God as you proclaim the, the, the reason for our joy, that yeah. the true answer to everything is through yes. Christ. I mean, yeah. Christ came, he died for yeah. us. He offers us total Amen. freedom from everything. Yes, and graces. And, yes. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe, I, maybe I, Beth, maybe I could share how, the former prayer I use now, I'm not saying others should use it, but maybe you'll find it interesting. And, and usually I prepare them for my prayer because what I think I want the Holy spirit to work, not me work. I want the Holy spirit to work uh, on our behalf. And so, uh, so usually I will, I will say to them, I would ask, you know, somehow we ask them if uh, they like prayer and they agreed and said they were interested. And then I may ask them, do you have any petitions that you want to ask the Lord for? And, um, and then, you know, we, we have that. And, and then, um, then I'll ask them to, to not pray, meaning in, in my, I don't say this, but for you, uh, I will say that means don't work in prayer. Let us do this. Just the receive. Just, yeah, just receive. receive. Yeah. And so I say that just receive from the Lord and be in a, a state of reception and let us pray and let God's graces come to you. So, uh, so I will, uh, I, I'm not a big talker in prayer, but I might say things like in the bottom of the divine mercy image, Jesus, I trust in you. I surrender my heart to you. I'm speaking in the first person like they were speaking it. And, uh, 
I'm trying to prepare their heart. And I just release myself to you. Maybe they're hanging and holding on something. I try to get them to let go. And uh, I put my trust in you. I, I want to I be here for you. And, and I want to give my uh, brokenness to you. And, and sometimes I will, uh, I will uh, take them to the cross, you know, the way of the cross um, through Christ's suffering, where they can take, if there's somebody that's suffering quite a bit, where they can take their suffering and go on the way of the cross. I carry them through the imagination and up to the cross. And uh, occasionally I do this if they're hurting, especially. And then when we get there, uh, we might kneel down at the cross, not actually just in our mind and, uh, and look up at Jesus on the cross and, and he looks down at them and, and, uh, and I tell them, I'm breaking up here a little bit, and I tell them that uh, Jesus is looking at you, and you know what he wants, and he wants you, and he wants your burden. He wants you to give it to him. He wants you to give it to him so he can take it, because he doesn't want you to have it anymore. He wants to give you life and, and be there for you, and so just let it go. Just let him have it. If I think they need help, I encourage them. And it's all an assumption on my part because they're not speaking. And I just say, let it go. I guess the Holy Spirit helps guide me and will guide you as well. And, and uh, I just say, let it go. And, uh, and, if, and if I feel that it's, it's done, then I might just pray that God's Holy Spirit would come and fill them and, and be there for them. And uh, uh, also, if I sense the presence of the Spirit, I let that be a guide to keep praying. You know, if I don't sense it, I just use them on judgment. So... So uh, that, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. and I can you, tell Beth. how how involved you are in that, but just yeah. how emotionally you are, just explaining yeah. how you do it. Yes, yeah. And how yeah. I mean, that is a beautiful way to pray. Yeah, to lead people to that. Not yeah. everyone can necessarily do it, but with yeah. practice, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you but need it, to have yeah. you need to have make sure that they have time for that. You can't yeah. rush a prayer like that. Right. Yes. But for uh, for our evangelists, you know. You want to pray what works for you, but if you like what I said, you can give it a try. Or what I'll do is I may pray that form of prayer, then the other evangelist, I kind of key them to go ahead, and they, they pray the way they pray. And mm-hmm. then I might pray softly in the Spirit while they're, uh, while they're um, uh, doing prayer. And so, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's no wrong way to pray. But, mm-hmm. but I find the uh, key, though, I think you want to look for is God's grace to act in their heart. That's what you want to tell yourself. I want my prayer to bring God's grace present to them and yeah. then try and pray in that way. So, and one. I love that it's yeah, one yeah. person at a time. Yes, and it, yeah. when you're praying with one, and one of the things that evangelists quite often can be distracted with is as yeah. you're spending time with one person, yeah. other people are walking by, you're like, oh, I got to get that one. Oh, I yes. got to talk to that yeah. one. And, and yeah. you can shortchange your current encounter yes. Yes. because you're chasing after the others. And you have to really have trust that God has put in the put this person in front of you yes, and, yeah. and let that one go as long as you, you know, you just, you're always praying. You're, you're praying yes. the whole time. <laughs> I agree with that, Beth. If you're with somebody, give your time. And one, one, one form I don't think I told you is you can just, just say, come Holy Spirit and, mm-hmm. and believe that you're asking him to come. You know, so, uh, yeah. And he usually does. So. Yeah. Yeah, and so. it's such a honor, such a beautiful um, privilege to see the Lord working in someone's heart when they're in front of you. And you're just, you know, we're just vessels just trying to bring Christ to people. Yes. And to see yes. the demeanor of them changing or you see God working or convicting them or, yes. or whatever it is. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, Lord, you are so good. You are so good to me yes. um, as you're praying. Yes. Well, this ministry is a wonderful ministry. Uh, it's extremely rewarding for me, and uh, I think for everyone. And uh, uh, it's something I'd encourage you to do, and I encourage you to uh, branch out and consider the colleges and always remember that, that uh, you have a legal right to be at a state college because tax dollars are involved. And the Mormons and the Jehovah Witnesses are already there, and sometimes the street preachers, and we need to be there. We need yes. to have our Catholic presence there and, and bring the truth of Christ's uh, 
church, you know, that we have to offer this 2,000 year old uh, church that that Christ is uh, head of and given us. So it's That's well thing. said. Yes, thank you, Clarence. Yeah, thank you yeah. for all the work you do on the universities and also training people in the area who want to learn how to do this. And now yes, that's on the podcast to share with those around the world. Yes. So been getting this started on college campuses as well. And I would be glad to speak to anyone who wants to speak with me uh, about, uh, well, anything, but especially getting on college campuses. And, sure. You know, Great. So. We'll, we'll keep your contact information as part. We'll pin it to the, uh, to the yeah. podcast yeah i can definitely put your and your email out there for people to contact yeah. you if they want to do that directly yeah you're welcome and if they want to join us out on out on the street to get some experience to see how to do it they're welcome to that to do that as well so in the great. atlanta area and they yes. came all the way from tennessee to join them so they did it was a big <laughs> big sacrifice but it yeah uh, yeah it, it served them well i they tell me so yeah good good you know, gosh thank yeah. you so much what so inspiring to hear all the good work you're doing oh thank you beth uh, it's a wonderful work yeah. brian any final words for you i know this is our second time bringing up college campuses uh, you know with we're not even 15 podcasts in, but I think it's because uh, we think it's such a great place to be. Yeah. It is. powerful place. And I, yes, it is. Because, because of the community and because those are our young leaders. Uh, and be not yeah. afraid. Be not afraid to go up on a campus. Yeah. Yes. Go, yes. Go be there. The students are open. They, they want to have good conversation with authentic. They, they are. They love. may. Yeah. Brian, they may be more open than other places. They're, they're wonderful. They're they very are. receptive. Yeah. yeah. I said they're fun. They yeah. are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. They're super fun. Yeah. They are. They're a lot of fun. And they're very hungry for the truth. And, 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 and you know, uh, when I speak a lot of times, a lot of times I may be talking to a Protestant and they just, they just look at me and listen to this uh, wonderful information I'm sharing, which is Christ and his church in, in some different ways. And, um, uh, uh, it's uh, it, it, it they're being touched and it's a good thing. So it's so good. Yeah. Beth, did you have anything you want to add? Nope, nope. I'm good. I'm ready for my closing lines. All right, go for it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Clarence. And everyone, I just like to thanks for listening. And just to remind you that we are St. Paul Street Evangelization, where we train, equip, and mobilize ordinary Catholics for the extraordinary work of evangelization in order to save souls. God bless Amen. you all. Amen. Amen. God bless.